0: I wrote this book and it's for you. And she started crying. And I said, why are you crying? And she said, you know, I, I was I was going to retire this year, she said, because I didn't think I was having an impact anymore. And I said, are you kidding me? We have 30 students. You know, you have 30 students. We have one teacher. And she didn't know her impact on me. But that was my, my start it was, was right here in Miami. And it, and it led me on a path to becoming a writer.
1: Welcome to the Miami Guide podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from Miami. And in each episode, we bring you an inspiring person to help you discover great things in Miami. Now, we have some amazing guests this month, as the Miami Guide has partnered with the Miami Book Fair. And we will be featuring interviews with well-known Florida-based authors talking about Florida. Our guests this month, Craig Pittman, James Clark, and Brad Meltzer, Jim Kushlan, Kirsten Hines, are just a few of the hundreds of authors from around the world gathering together in downtown Miami for the Miami Book Fair 2022, the nation's largest gathering of writers and readers of all ages. Now, the Miami Book Fair runs from Sunday, November 13. To Sunday, November 20th, and will once again host top orders, including music, theater and sports celebrities. For more information visit the MiamiBookFair.com. Thank you for tuning in. Now let the show begin. Well, Brad, uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the Miami Guide podcast. It's yeah an honor to have you on the show. You're a number one bestseller, New York Times bestseller author, like over eleven best selling thrillers as well. So yeah, I'm uh, happy to have you on the show and looking forward to uh, yeah hear your story. And also we have the, the upcoming Miami Book Fair. Uh, will you be attending?
0: I will be attending, yes. I'm gonna be presenting uh with my friend Scott Tarot, and we'll be talking about thrillers and murdering people and fun things like that.
1: Awesome, awesome. So, uh, Brad, can you tell us uh well give you can you give a short introduction about yourself? Uh how did you got started as a writer and uh yeah, what inspired you to to write?
0: Yeah, no, uh, I grew up here in Miami. I I, I actually started in Brooklyn, New York, uh, and when I was thirteen years old, my dad lost his job and moved us down to Miami. Because, like everyone's grandmother, my grandmother lived here, and as a kid in Miami, my my life was changed in ninth grade um, at Highland Oaks Middle School. I went to North Miami Beach Senior High School and my ninth grade English teacher, a woman named Sheila Spicer, changed my life with three words here in Miami. She said to me, you can write. And I said, well, everyone can write. And she said, no, 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 you know what you're doing. And she tried to put me in the honors class. I had some sort of conflict. So she said, here's what we're going to do. She said, you're going to sit in the corner for the entire year and ignore everything I do on the blackboard and ignore every homework assignment I give. What you're going to do is the honors work instead. And what she was really saying was, you're going to thank me later. And sure enough, a decade later, I went back to her classroom. My first book was published and I went back to the classroom. I knocked on the door and she said, can I help you? I said, my name is Brad Meltzer. I wrote this book and it's for you. And she started crying. And I said, why are you crying? And she said, you know, I I was, uh, I was going to retire this year. She said, because I didn't think I was having an impact anymore. And I said, are you kidding me? We have 30 students. You know, you have thirty students. We have one teacher, and she didn't know her impact on me. But that was my my start was was right here in Miami, and it it led me on a path to becoming a writer.
1: You're still uh, based in Miami.
0: I am. Yeah, I still live here. Uh, We moved away to Washington D.C. for a number of years, and then moved back here uh, uh, almost twenty years ago when our kids were born. So we 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 missed the insanity. So we had to come back
1: that's that's great and to get your book published as well was that easy uh yeah did you have to no of course
0: it wasn't if it was easy as someone said to me everyone would do it i I got 24 rejection letters on my first book there were only 20 publishers i got 24 rejection letters which means some people were writing me twice to make sure i got the point um but i I, you know i think you i love law school i went to law school i thought you know that I went right after college. I went to the University of Michigan. I became, I was the first in my family to, in my immediate family, go to a four year college. And I went to work for a guy after I graduated. And, and he said to me, come work for me in Boston. Don't go to law school. Don't do any other nonsense. Come work for me. I'll be your mentor. And I thought, okay, that seems a good, good deal. And the week I got to Boston, I moved all my stuff to Boston and everything there. And the week I got to Boston, my boss left the job. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe that I've wrecked my life. I can't believe I wrecked my life. And so I did what all of us would do in situations where we think we wrecked our lives. I said, I'm going to write a novel. And the first novel I wrote, as I mentioned, got 24 rejection letters. But I said, if they don't like that book, I'm going to write another. And if they don't like that, I'll write another. And what started, you know, the week after I got my 23rd and 24th rejection letter is the week I started what became the 10th Justice my first published book, which was now over twenty-five years ago, so it was definitely not easy. Um, but I was definitely luckier than most because the second one did
1: sell. Hmm. And, and what kept you going to uh, continue to write?
0: I don't know. You know, I feel like I feel like I'm going to try and do the rest of this interview without repeating anything that I, for the most part, told anywhere else. So I'll tell you that. Um. I think what kept me going is just I was young and stubborn. I was 24 years old. By the time I was rejected everywhere, you know, 24 years old, you still believe you're invincible as someone recently said to me. And when you feel like that's the case, the rejection letters, I mean, every one of them hurt. Every single one of them was painful. Every single one. I have them all. They're in this closet next to me where I'm sitting right now, but I really felt like, um, I just really wanted to do this, this impossible thing. And it's odd. I'm one of those people who like, it, if you tell me that I can do it, I'm, I'm going to do it again. I'm, I'm bored. And I don't want to do it because I already did it. But the moment you tell me that I can't do it, Oh, that's catnip for me. That's it. I'm, that's all I want. Then give me that. Whatever you tell me I can not have, give me that more than anything. So the moment they said, you you know, you can't, we're not publishing your book is I wanted to be a writer more than probably I did when I started.
1: Mm. Just to have that drive to uh, get yourself published. And, uh... and
0: listen, I think drive also comes from needs, you know, mm. sometimes, and, and I was down here, my family struggled with money, my family struggled with, it wasn't, you know, just the struggle of like, oh, you know. It was a struggle. Like, I felt like a safety of like, where are we going to live? How are we going to afford this? I remember going to a school. I gave a fake address to go to the school that I went to. And the fake address I gave put me in a school where everyone was wearing like, you know, polo shirts and Ralph Lauren shirts and little logos. And I bought mine. It was like a crappy dragon from like Zares and Walmart. And um, I remember those days very, very clearly, probably more than I remember most days today. Those imprint on you. And when something imprints on you like that, uh, you know, it, again, you, you just, I had, I had a need for it. It was my way out. I, I was looking for any way out and I was struggling and kind of pushing to every angle and, and throwing elbows in every direction I could, but I knew I had to get out of where I was and I didn't want my parents' lives. I didn't want to have their lives.
1: That's that's great. That's great. Okay. Yeah, you, in your books, you put uh, an enormous amount of of research. Uh, can you tell us something about uh, your writing process? How, how do you start?
0: Yeah, you know, I usually start with something that scares me. That's where I always go, because I feel like I know one thing. I'm not that special. So if it scares me, hopefully it scares other people. So for The Lightning Rod, the book that I'll be talking about at Miami Book Fair, it opens up with... Uh, A man at a fancy uh, valet. A a man at a fancy steakhouse hands his car keys to the valet. We've all been to the valets at some fancy restaurant, Mm -hmm. and the valet takes the car keys, but instead of parking the car, he takes the car and instead of driving it to the lot, hits the little GPS button on the steering wheel and says the magic words, "Go home." And the car's GPS plots a route to the man's house. And now the valet is driving to the man's house. He's got his car keys. Of course, because he's got that, he's got his house key on there, too. Because this is, you know, what he's doing is he's going to rob him. This is a robbery. Mm -hmm. And as the valet gets to the house and breaks into the house because he's going to steal something, as he opens the front door, there's someone waiting for him with a gun who says, you really think we didn't know you were coming? This is not a robbery at all. This is a trap. And soon the valet dies and someone else dies there, too. And, um that body and where those bodies go unleashes an entire cascade of events that no one expects. I just ruined chapter one of the lightning rod for you. That's the opening chapter. (laughs) But that all came from my every single time I would go to a Miami restaurant that I hand my car keys over to the valet being like, what is preventing them to know that I'm here for the next two hours? (laughs) So that's where I always start a book. And that's the plot. Um, the characters obviously take a lot longer and they tend to come from some facet of my own life and some of my own,
1: you know, I have
0: Zig and Nola, the heroes of these books and, and Zig comes, you know, he believes that the world's a good place. He believes that, you know, if you, if you act like a good person and you, and you, and you're good to other people that, that good can conquer all, it's a beautiful idea. It's a completely naive idea, but it's an idea worth fighting for and um and that's my side of my brain that thinks the world is you know made of good people and then there's nola who's the female lead in the book and she believes if you want the world to make sense you grab it by the throat and you force it to make sense mm-hmm. she believes people lie and the only way to you know to, you, you must fight back especially when you see injustice mm-hmm. and that's also an idea worth fighting for and her cynicism and is one side of me and and Zig's complete, you know, romance of, of of how humans behave is another. They're both versions of me. And I'm just, these books are really me just trying to figure out which version of me is right. And and of course the answer is they both are. Right. Um, so those those come, I think people say they're my best characters. I hope it's because um they're the ones that are truest to me. I understand them and I understand what they're gonna do.
1: Mm. Interesting, interesting. Uh, You also have done uh, TV shows uh, with uh, Lost History, uh, the Lost shows. And what if they would ever make a a series about uh, Zig and Nola? Who who would you hope that would take uh, the lead role for it? Yeah, you
0: know... um... I never can cast. I love doing the shows we did on the History Channel. They were really fun to do, but I was the star of them. I got to be in them. So the mm-hmm. casting was easy. I picked myself, right? right? I mean, yeah. the doing Zigandola though, that's hard for me. That's like saying, you know, there's a movie being made of your life. Who would play your mother? Mm-hmm. You see your mom. No one's your mom. Your mom is your mom. That's right. who you see in your head, right? Like and you know, my mom may she rest in peace, look like Linda Evans. But if you said she was playing my mom, I'd be like, that's not my mom, you know, mm-hmm. like back in the eighties heyday. So to me, that's how Zig and are. I can't see them as anyone but themselves. Uh, but I, I, you know, that's kind of, uh, the guy who's on Andor right now, I wish I, I can't remember his name, but the guy who plays kind of these, he's like an accountant on there. He's like one of the bad guys who play Roddy in the lightning rock. He's the only guy I ever saw that. I'm like, that guy looks like Roddy. he mm-hmm. just looks like a guy who already existed in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I never can cast any of these things. It's mm-hmm. too close
1: to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, we were looking forward to uh, yeah, seeing the, well, whenever it is released at the show, you also write children books. Is it more fun to uh, yeah write for for children or uh, yeah more difficult?
0: Uh, I, you know, it's not. It's just, a good story is to me a good story, mm-hmm. and, and that's all it has to. Be. And and obviously, a kids' book doesn't have the the metaphors, and it doesn't have the allegories, and it doesn't have the curse words. But it's still got to be a good story. So I don't I don't treat them any differently. Mm-hmm. If I can't entertain you as a kid, I can't entertain you as an adult. I I, I may make them a little simpler, but other than that, they're really no difference. The only thing you know, I think kids today are just tired of being lied to. They're just lied to everywhere, especially on the internet every day. Their friends are lying to them, showing them how great their life is on Instagram everything that we see just feels like a big lie right now. Mm. You know, even our, you know, I talk about the cliche things of people, you know, screaming fake news. I'm talking about just feeling like the whole system seems like it's just a little broken. And I think that stories are there. Um, I know they're fictional, but I, I, when you can give people truths, that's an invaluable gift. And I think stories at their best give you truth about life, even if they're made up, they still are, are filled with truth. And especially our kids' books, they're based on reality; they're 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 historical books. I mean, they're the facts in there are true. We're not playing around. And I think kids appreciate that someone's not you know don't talk down to them; they're not mm-hmm. stupid. Uh, I firmly believe that your readers are smarter than the readers who the writers who they read. And so we just we tell the story. If it's a story about slavery, we talk about. You know, being an enslaved person, if it's a story about um, something that happened horribly to someone or, you know, we, we show you the real thing. And I think kids are so often lied to and it's a disservice to them. We got to do better. I started the book series because I wanted my kids to have better heroes that they can look up to in life. Mm. I wanted to give them better heroes to teach them lessons of kindness and compassion and, and you know, perseverance. And we started with I Am Amelia Earhart. We did I Am Abraham Lincoln. We did I Am Rosa Parks and Albert Einstein. And now we just have new ones. We've done I Am Muhammad Ali, where I featured Miami in there. We did I Am Malala Yousafzai, Mm -hmm. because I wanted everyone to hear the story of Malala. We're doing uh, in a couple of months. I Am John Lewis will be out. And I love the fact we did I Am Dolly Parton is the newest one that just came out. And I love that people use the I Am books to build libraries of real heroes for their kids and their grandkids and their nieces and their nephews.
1: Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, you already answered a couple of my questions. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, definitely interesting uh, the children series and the ca- characters you uh, you're writing about. Uh, yeah, and why why you started uh, the children books? Can you tell us? Uh, yeah, what 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 would be your advice for like uh, beginning writers, emerging writers uh, to start writing?
0: Yeah, I would just I would I don't. I know this is almost cliche to say, but don't let anyone tell you no. Don't let them tell you no. I got 24 rejection letters on my first book, 24 people who told me to give it up. And I don't look back and say, well, I was right and they were wrong and ha on them. I look back and I realize life is subjective. We all know it sometimes just takes one person to change the course of your history. One person to say yes and change everything. And your job is just to find that one person. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a, that's a great message. Uh, we'll be sharing that with our audience. So, so what's ne- what's next for you? Any uh, upcoming books?
0: Yeah. So we're working. Um, so let's see what's coming out. We just came out with I Am Dolly Parton is the newest kids' book that just came out. Um, and then we st- we did I Am Superman and I Am Batman are the brand newest ones that came out just a few weeks ago. By the time you hear this. Um, which is uh, literally me writing our kids' books, like Chris Eliopoulos illustrating our kids' books, but for Superman and Batman. In January is our new adult book for um, a nonfiction adult book. It's called The Nazi Conspiracy. It's about a secret plot to kill FDR and Churchill and Stalin at the height of World War II. It's an incredible story with literally Nazis falling from the sky in ways you never ever believed. But it also asks the question, why are we still fighting Nazis today? Why is this still an issue? And uh, it's pretty staggering when you see it. So the Nazi conspiracy comes out in January. And then a week after that, I am John Lewis. The great civil rights icon is the newest kids book that will be out in January. And then after that, we do I am Temple Grandin, which will be our first autistic hero for the kids books. And then we're also going to do I am Wonder Woman because we got to do Wonder Woman because we did Superman and Batman. So that's basically my next year of my life. and uh, And then I'm going to take a nap. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it seems like well, a lot of good stories coming up. Uh, did any of your books ever get banned?
0: They have been. I I, mean, I can't even believe it. Um, I am Rosa Parks and I am Martin Luther King Jr. got banned in Pennsylvania, not because of the content of them. They were uh, the school board there. Uh, every book that was on their list of books that were good for talking to kids about race, they put on a, a freeze and basically effectively banned them because a year went by and they still hadn't released them. Hmm. So I went to speak at the school board meeting. Um, I thought I'd save the day talking about Rosa Parks and reading from the I Am Rosa Parks book and telling them what an amazing person she was. And then all the students from the school started speaking. And they were incredible. They were giving these incredible speeches that were like the final scene of Braveheart. Like it was just the greatest speech you've ever heard. And they didn't need me at all. Um, But we were happy to publicly shame this school board for doing something as disgusting as banning books in our current time and I know that that some people think oh I you know but if you ban the right books then you're doing something good um, and to me if you're banning books you're on the wrong side of history
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that's all well said oh well, well Brad thank you so much it was an honor uh, speaking with you and uh, yeah hope to see you at at the books fair uh, do you have uh, any last message for our audience or where can people follow you? Uh, where can they find you?
0: Yeah, you can come find me um, on social media I'm at Brad Meltzer everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere you go to look up fun stuff on your uh, device of choice. But the message that I have is uh, I just need to say thank you. Um, this my home in Miami and especially Books and Books has let me have this career where I get to talk to imaginary people all day long. And I really appreciate that. And I know that's come from uh, just the people in Miami who have been in my hometown and on my side all these years. It means a great deal. So thank you to every one of you who has bought a book, whether it's a kid's book, whether it's nonfiction book, whether it's a new thriller like the lightning rod. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting me in all these different endeavors
1: all right well thank you so much brad it was great talking to you and honored to have you on the show thank you thank you so much have a good one thank you brad bye bye hey guys i hope you enjoyed this episode of the miami guide podcast as much as we enjoyed creating it well, you can find more information about our guest in the show notes. And if you haven't subscribed to our show yet, please take out your phone right now and subscribe to The Miami Guide podcast so that you don't have to miss another show. All of our episodes are also on our website, themiamiguide.com. And I would love to hear your feedback about the episodes. I appreciate if you'd leave me a review on iTunes. Well, we have more episodes coming up. We're brewing with ideas, stories and contents. we can't wait to share with you. Well, once again, my name is Mike and I'm here to inspire you with amazing stories, capturing the vibes of Miami and help you discover the magic of this city. You can follow us online everywhere as The Miami Guide on Instagram, Facebook, And our website, themiamiguide.com. Thank you so much for listening and see you in the next episode.